We're live. It is time to it podcast. Is. <laughs> it is October 1st, 2018. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. No, Dan. No Dan tonight. That's why the audio and video quality looks so much better. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on YouTube. If you guys are not subscribed, hit the subscription button. Hit the little notification bell icon. You've got some mighty big insulin resistant shoes to fill. I mean, swap one diabetic out for another. It works out fine. <laughs> I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. How's it going? Going well. Even better because we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Andy Watkins. What's up, guys? One of the OG homies, also one of yeah. our great friends, who also happens to be the highest or biggest contributor along with his fiance, Bina Patel. Also joining us in the trap tonight. Yeah. So shout out to, to Bina. The, uh, to the Clarkson FC campaign that we did a few months ago. Finally got around uh, to con- con- reconvening or convening, I guess. And Yeah, we've got we've to show up for the people that we've uh, promised things to and and we know that there's several of you others that we have things that we owe and those debts will be paid um, but first i know there are some of you watching make sure you hit that little thumbs up icon help us get seen so that more people get in there yeah that's the easiest and cheapest way to support the show uh if you do look to spend some money and you want something that has a little h before d on it or even that Sweet, sweet Unite logo that was flying around in the stadium last week. We did put shirts up on Friday. So we did. Check out gethomebeforedark.com forward slash shop for all your Home Before Dark apparel needs. We know some of you, it looks like the orders are already fulfilling, a lot of them. We do use a dropshipper just to let you know. So whenever you order, there is a process that goes through right. where we have a third party who prints and, and ships those out. So there is a little bit of a delay. Sorry I believe they that, do but... send uh, shipping confirmations whenever they do go out, though, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So we got some uh, some great people in the trap. We got OG Richard Gordon, Ronald Pena, Bina, the aforementioned Bina Patel, Brittany S. Tony Neitzel saying, no, Dan, but you've got a Tony. That's true. We got Joe Johnstone, Elliot Beaven, my dad, Thomas Herb, is in the live chat. Oh, no. <laughs> Clayton Poss. All right. Housekeeping first. Housekeeping we'll get, first. Get that out of the way. Yes. We have our fantasy league standings. I'm really disappointed. I was hoping to look this up today and see Andy had jumped Nathan Lyons, but he's actually jumped downward. Yeah. Into fifth. He was he was holding the down button and and then pressing B to get off of that ledge in Mario. <laughs> he got down to that lower level. So in fifth, we got stalker specific fantasy team across from me and Mr. Andy Watkins, nine sixty eight transmission FC Andrew Kolk. Sitting strong at number four with 968 also. I guess the two of you are tied, but in some way you're not right now. I don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker is. He's got more wins. In third, we got John F. Beasy just steamrolling right right along, getting back up into that uh, into that top two. But he's in three right now. I, I expect that he'll probably end up battling it out with... He's uh, going to make the late D.C. United push. Yeah, because he's only five points behind uh, number two, Kyle Cram, Black Hall Bombers, 991. And then we have Nathan Lyons, who's just continuing to hold steady 
FC Apogee, 1,014 points. Over 1,000. Over 1,000. Uh, and we did have a review last week that we missed, and I would be remiss if we did not. You read said it that. right. I know. I practiced all week. Spinelli FC Spaghetti is going to love that. He's going to absolutely love that. <laughs> did that? I do it for the people. Yeah, I do it for the people. He so, puts on for a city. I do. Just so you guys know, Pinewood, South Carolina. Okay, so uh, the review is titled "Ah, Appreciate." Five stars from Cha Jones. Okay. Cha Jones with a Z. I bring three haiku. MLS, so cool. Can you count the syllables? I want to. MLS, so cool. That's five. Okay. Five, seven, five. MLS, so cool. Don't know much about haikus. Zlatan chose bad team. Wait, say the middle one again. Don't know much about haikus. About haikus. Okay. That's seven. Zlatan chose bad team. Yep. Uh, went to the market. Milk has gotten so pricey. Bought water instead. <laughs> like yeah, that, that one's good. Yeah. Uh, really cool stadium. Have not been to Atlanta. I like burritos. Thank. <laughs> okay. I dig it. I dig it. Score a goal unit basket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's all the housekeeping, right? We're jumping, jumping headfirst into this thing. Anything uh, else? Into this fiery abyss that was Sunday. It's Sunday, be, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. It's supposed to be the Lord's Day. It's supposed to be the, the Sabbath. It's I, supposed to be... I'm sorry, guys. I, I selfishly did my blood sacrifice for the Clemson win on Saturday, so I may have been the reason for the Atlanta loss on Sunday. Have you been checking your ketone levels? Is that what this is? You get one of those meters? Yeah. Every yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yep. no, you, oh man, that, that was unfortunate the way that went down, but. Well, at least uh, one of the teams needed the win. The other one, we'll see. Yeah. Clemson needed it. Atlanta United still has time. Andy, what was your watch, or, uh, watch day or game day watching experience yesterday? Hell. Just, yeah? Just pure hell. Holy shit, that was yesterday. It feels like yeah. a decade ago. I just yeah. tried to put that behind me. I'm glad you could move on. I don't know if I could. I'm just glad it was early. I'm glad it was early Sunday. Yeah. It was an earlier game. Not like EPL early, but at least I could enjoy the rest of the afternoon and not have to go to sleep after that. Hmm. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I personally got up, watched the game, and was like, shit. There goes I'm going my back day. To bed. <laughs> <laughs> going back to bed and starting over. Let's, let's turn on other sports so I can get mad at other things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Luckily for me, it wasn't on Univision. It wasn't on some blacked out channel. I was able to watch it on YouTube TV at the Candler Park Festival yesterday, the majority of it at least. And yeah, it was just, it, it feels like this. we've seen this story before. It seems like the same thing that DC United gets us with, with pressing. Yeah. Well, Atlanta just looked absolutely shell-shocked to come out. But let's let's back up. As always, let's talk about the lineup. See the 4-3-3 trotted back out. It was very disappointed to see that. A lineup that we've all said we don't want to see happen again. Our main man, Andy, keeping us informed, as always, with the lineup graphic. Do what I can. Do what I can. But, yeah, same lineup. Everything we, you know, I guess our standard lineup at this point going forth comes out. And, you know, it's it's I agree. Absolutely not what I'm looking for. What I don't want to see, I want to look at something that's a little more dynamic in the back, but that's not what we got. I will say, one of the things I do like about this lineup right now with everybody healthy, 
is the three that we have in the midfield. Nagby, Rometty, and Lorenowitz, I do enjoy in the midfield. Yeah. No, I mean, there's nothing bad you could say about that because if you end up bringing Lorenowitz back into a more of a holding role, you give Rometty a little more license to go forward, and he's a, a bigger, much more capable playmaker than is Jeff Lorenowitz. And then you give Nagby the ability to just control the midfield. Not necessarily saying we saw that yesterday. I think we did see it in the capacity that Red Bulls allowed it to take place was that Nagby was the one player that was making any sort of motion, movement, control, or otherwise in the midfield. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely agree. It seemed to me that if the ball ever made it out of the back and it got up to our front three and it wasn't direct, it went through Nagby every uh, well, time. It, either the ball went through Nagby or at li- or the Red Bulls went through Nagby on the back. I mean, yeah. because that was every time he touched the ball and 17 tried to turn. Fouls. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just every single time they were draped over his shoulders. Because he is... Uh, he's kind of the nightmare scenario for a pressing team because he's somebody who can quickly get control of that possession and then turn it immediately. Right, right. And he turns it with his body really, really well. And the Red Bulls players, I mean, some of them got called, but a lot of them didn't, unfortunately, uh, in the midfield, in plain sight, and the official giving multiple warnings to players and no card given, which is really, really frustrating to see time and time again. Yeah, it was the first time that I I really noticed from watching a Red Bulls game that they absolutely, when it comes to challenges, either they're going to get the ball or they're going to foul you Yeah, 95% of the time. But we've seen teams do this to Atlanta United in the past. The the few ways you're able to, to break this team down, the bunker... Flip a coin on whether or not that works against Atlanta. We've seen teams do it successfully. We've seen teams get broken down by trying to bunker against Atlanta. What teams have been able to do consistently is get Atlanta frustrated because the officials aren't making the calls that they want, and they seem to play into the emotional aspect of the game and start getting in their own heads about things, which I think happened a lot yesterday. That, as well as just pressing as high and as tactfully as the Red Bulls were doing, where Atlanta doesn't really take a lot of shots over the top or a lot of chip balls or anything like that. And they kept, for whatever reason, trying to pass the ball across the floor in the backfield. And it kept getting into really, really dangerous situations. And it was incredibly frustrating to watch whenever we had two touches in the opponent's other half of the field in the first 25 minutes, two successful touches in the first 25 minutes in on the Red Bulls half of the field. It's disappointing. It's abysmal. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, you saw, again, to go back to D.C. United, that's how they play us. I mean, they press us really well, but at the same time with D.C., especially at in Atlanta, at Mercedes-Benz, you saw them tire out at a certain point. You don't see that from the Red Bulls team. No, not at all. And, and this is without Bradley Wright Phillips and Tyler, and Adams. Tyler Adams. Yeah. I mean, you saw, I mean, Dan spoke last week, I think, about how Aaron Long and Tim Parker hadn't been playing well together. They sure as shit played well yesterday. And then they had Robles, who played well, too. I mean, that, that one-on-one that he came out and played on, <laughs> on Brandon Vasquez. Or, uh, the one he had on Mickey, too. Yes. He, he had a great game. We came up against a well-coached team, which we'll get into in a little bit, the, the theatrics behind that, uh, a team that is a very cohesive unit. And we didn't bring our A game. The, the problem is, I see that we have a lack of consistency from game to game sometimes. When, uh, obviously, I mean, when we're switching from a 3-5-2 to a 4-2-3-1, whatever, uh, and, or 4-3-2-1, 
would it be four? Anyway, whatever. Whenever we're switching between the yeah. five back and the and the and the four back, you see a lack of consistency going between those games. It's not just that. I mean, you, you had George Bellow who was playing on that left left back well, position. Well, that's the other part of the problem is the left back and the inconsistencies. And in Chris that McCann, position. yeah, I know I was singing Chris McCann's praises a, to a degree last week, but he. I, it, what are your thoughts on hard, McCann right now? <laughs> uh, so McCann has let's, been. Let's take the handball out of the equation. Oh, you know, yeah, McCann has been useful at times. Not great ever. He's been serviceable. Yeah, serviceable. Better word. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at it, you know, I the first thing that came to my mind watching that game yesterday was comparing him to last season with Tyrone Mears. And that Mears was a detriment all first half of that season. And when anything got going, he'd pull the ball back. He'd turn it around. Defensively, he was a problem. He couldn't cover and get burned repeatedly. And it looked exactly the same way. I mean, as a whole, I think McCann is a good player to have on the bench for some experience, but it's obvious on certain teams against certain players he shouldn't be out there. And yesterday was absolutely one of those cases. Expect to see Bello trot it out against uh, New England this weekend? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, especially coming home. Not the ovation me. and the – you don't think so? No, I'm saying not. there's no doubt for me. Okay, yeah. I think the doubt would be that if you – Take out McCann and put Escobar in in a three-back with Escobar, Parkhurst, and LGP. I think that is the other solution to that yeah, problem, I, which I think it probably lends some more legitimacy to than the three-back uh, or, yeah, the four-back with Bellow in over McCann. Do you, still think, you still think a four-back? No, I'm thinking three, okay. but Escobar, LGP, and Parkhurst. Yes. I, I, I personally think – I know we've talked at length about some of the – susceptibility that we that we we give whenever we go to that three back or five back however you want to describe it i would be really concerned way more three back this past week because the red bulls pressed us really hard and without that extra player i don't know if that's not two or three points up before the half so you think bellows in that same position as mccann yesterday you think that's a handball the handball i don't know yeah, I just mean from getting the caught possession, out. The, getting, the yeah. possession standpoint, they were all over our backfield, and there was nothing we could do because they just pressed those numbers so much that we just were not playing anything with any consistency up past the midfield. I mean, every like I said, the one player in midfield that was trying to make something happen was Nagby, and every time he got the ball, he was getting shoved off of it, chopped in the back, or just no support to play to yeah i mean one thing i do want to point before we move on anyway is unfortunately mccann was responsible almost directly for both goals the handball itself is a bit of a fluke i'm not sure that ball was going in i never saw a good enough angle to see it it looked like it might be just sailing wide left but he put he put his hand up right. there he got a hit on the other one he kept the player on side on the cross yeah absolutely yeah and you just you cannot do that you you've he is not in charge of the back line. He cannot be that far behind when right. everyone else has stepped up. Right. And he cost that second goal. So I would love to see him taken out. I would love to see Bello in there. But it's Tata. And as much as you know, I'm a fan and, and I'm on board with him, he just doesn't seem to do it. He doesn't seem to make those sort of changes, especially since our margin of error now has dramatically decreased. Yeah. 
Well, to that point, so Stuck 2011 mentions we now have to win all three games to win the Shield unless Orlando can beat Red Bulls. It's not just Orlando. Of the two teams that are in a legitimate spot to win the Supporter Shield, both have favorable matchups in the stretch. Uh, Atlanta's got New England, Chicago, and Toronto. Toronto on the road, uh, so you got two home games and one on the road. Red Bulls have San Jose, Orlando, and who was the third? Philly. Philly. So they've got... Philly's a tough game, though. Philly, I think, is the one that could give them some problems. Um, But of the other two, they've got the two worst teams in the league of their remaining three. Home or away, they, I mean, give or take those three games, I don't know who comes out. Uh, on top and between Atlanta and Red Bulls. I think it's a really, really close race, and I don't think there's a clear and obvious winner from either side. Yeah, I don't either. I think Philly is the one team out of those that could really upset things. No, I agree with you. Yeah, completely. I think that... And I want to say they've beaten Red Bulls once this season. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they do have a win over Red Bulls. I'm about to check that really quick. Uh, I, I mean, as much as it pains me to say so, to see Orlando beat the Red Bulls would make me incredibly happy. <laughs> so much. So much. Twitter would explode in every possible way. And I'm pretty world. sure that's their last game, too, if Absolutely. I'm not mistaken. It's the season final. That, I mean, that would be hilarious. But to that same point, Atlanta Maybe. could easily go on the road and drop points to Toronto. They only have a draw. So Philly, Philly and New York played earlier on in the season. It was a 0-0 draw. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, they're going to have a hungry Bradley Wright Phillips coming back. They're going to have Tyler Adams back. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what else do we have? Well, hold on. Um, I, I just I got to say, I wouldn't sleep on San Jose. Since they, yeah, since they changed coaches, they have played great. Their only loss in the three games since then, besides ours, of course, was at the road for LAFC, and they went to Houston and came down 3-2 on that one. So they have their next two at home. This team seems like they're playing a little bit better now. They're they're absolutely getting shots in the goal yeah. where they haven't been previous throughout. They got nothing the year. to lose at this point. Yeah, why not play for yourself? Yeah, keep right. on the team. Yeah, that's not a not necessarily a bad stretch of games considering their season as a whole. They have been playing a lot stronger. That's that's a good call out. They so Joe Johnstone. It's like two thirds of the team was playing conservative and forwards were pressing. No one in the midfield. Bill Holcomb to that same point. Miggy in the front three was detrimental to moving the ball through their lines. Without him dropping deep, we couldn't link up. I, again, it goes back to the point we were making there. It was really Nagby, the only person trying to move the ball in the midfield. And without that support from Miggy or somebody else, things just sort of fell short. Um, let's see what else we got. I think that uh, we got a lot going on, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got to agree with that. I the the first thing that jumped into my mind was short of twenty minutes coming in to start the second half, Atlanta United. The best word I could come up with was lethargic across the board. Oh, I, we came out so flat. I, it seemed to me like we had weights in our shoes. People weren't moving. Even Miggy wasn't moving yeah. around like he normally had been. I mean, anytime we had the ball, our transitions were slow, and, and not even counting the press. I mean, before the press was even happening at that oh, point, yeah. before they got anywhere near our players right. to slow them down, things just were slowing down every time we got the ball. I agree completely. Um, one positive we saw from this game, aside from Nagby. Brad Guzan saving a penalty? Brad Guzan saving a penalty. Yes. 
I'll drink to. Well, I'm out of drink, but I would drink to that. That was a hell. That was a hell of a redeeming uh, moment in the game. It's all you, Playboy. Sacrificial lamb, clam. Sacrificial clam. That's whenever you have a shelter and you just teach it self destruct. <laughs> self destruct. Yes. <laughs> you have six of them. Take on the elite four with six level ninety nine shelters, all with self destruct, <laughs> and just keep using revives. <laughs> Just sacrificial clam. <laughs> oh, good God! That's uh, that's that's a mighty strong team. A much stronger team <laughs> than we fielded yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 had a whole team that knew self destruct yesterday. You're not lying. <laughs> so another obvious omission from the lineup: Ezekiel Barco from the starting lineup. True, which was- I think we all saw coming. Based he, on recent yeah, trends. It's true. Yeah. He's one of two substitutions that we saw throughout the game. Um, I thought he was a, a, a capable substitution. I did not see anything he was largely pressing. detrimental sure. to his play. Um, the, the game was just sort of gone at that point. And I yeah. think that that was more to blame than just his play. Yeah, and, he, and one thing that you know we have not seen from him before that he's done much better, and it showed more in this game, is he did get back on defense a lot more. He, he did. did run his butt off and get back and help on defensive areas and you know the few times he did have the ball it looked like there was chance for things to to break apart for him to make a couple people miss it just never quite materialized and that's just you know that's what happens sometimes when you're a dribbler yeah sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's been the story of the second half of the season for him unfortunately because we we all know he's talented i know occasionally we are critical of him but he's a young guy he's got to learn how to be consistent within this team so, uh, Patrick, our dear friend Patrick, who was actually, I watched the game with him and the fam on yesterday at Hudson FC. On yesterday. On yesterday, but um, Red Bulls just had all of our channels plugged, and we insisted on moving to the center instead of to the flanks. Also had no appetite to play direct. I think that the problem was that we were playing direct in the backfield, but I completely agree that any movement was taking place centrally rather than to the wings and anytime we did move it to the wings at least to the left wing McCann just seemed incompetent on moving the ball forward in any sort of meaningful way I think he's better in a back three than he is a back four I think he's right. more capable as a big center back, as a think, big left center back than he is as a left back. I don't know what it was. It, Miggy's connection to Gressel was also really frustrating for me yesterday. It was like he could not play Gressel in space. It was always one yard behind Gressel or 30 yards in front of him, where these runs that you see Gressel take week in and week out, bombing up the right side and then having a one-touch, he was having to slow up his pace to settle the ball, to move it forward enough to actually play the crossover. And by that time, the defense had already recovered. So all of that movement and momentum on the right wing that we're used to seeing was just inconsistent at best yesterday, which was also really frustrating to see. Yeah, I mean, two two potential things there. I'm not sure that Miggy really had the number of touches he normally gets up until even halftime, really. So I could absolutely see him not getting in the rhythm he needs. But I also... I mean, Gressel just did not have a good game as a whole. You know, the cards, the fouls, I mean, all of that, it just was not a good game for him. And, you know, he was due one. He's been playing great for so long, so I can't really fault him. But I think the two of those combined just completely messed that side up. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss if we we didn't touch on Gaynor McCann. You said it right. And the overreaction yesterday. The McCann family Twitter drama. 
Yes, poor Chris McCann. I know he's got to be cringing every time he sees this. <laughs> Whenever this comes up, anyway, I, I would have completely missed this if it weren't for the uh, the loyal folks in the uh, in the Slack chat. Uh, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I guess she was. You know the story, Andy, right? She was at a supporters bar. So she said that she had uh, the the tweet that came out was that she was at a supporters bar, sitting uh, watching the game, and the people right behind her were talking bad about Chris repeatedly, and she had her child there. Oh wait. And, and, and Where was she at? Because they live in Brookhaven. Oh, no. They've been known to go over there. I wonder if it was us. To Hudson FC? Uh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Let's see. What is Glenn she goes. I know she goes to Fado's over in... Uh, yeah, she, she didn't clarify. Buckhead. And uh, all I can tell you is that after it blew up, after the appropriate oh, no. people sorry, took their guys. screenshots. I'm so sorry, guys. Because <laughs> every time McCann got the ball, don't fuck this up, McCann. <laughs> sorry, it's all my fault. Well, apparently it was big enough that uh, her Twitter went to private at some point during the afternoon. And then, according to Ronald Pena, she deleted her Twitter. Oh, wow. Delete your account. Oh, GG slash uninstall. Uh, <laughs> so she said, that, yeah, to, to quote. But at least he let her buy that bin she's always wanted. Yeah. The last time I watch a game in a quote-unquote supporters bar continuously slating a player when it's pretty obvious that his wife and kid are sat in front of you is low. Have an opinion, no problem, keep it to yourself. And then she said, although I, I'm or not sure why I'm bothered, said fan earlier said, so what happens if it's 1-1? Does it go to a shootout? Okay, that definitely was not me. No. <laughs> I, also, said fan says, hey, I got a podcast, so I'm entitled to an opinion, and yours doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, oh, no, that was definitely not me, if, if that comment was made. Uh, there was a possibility, but it wasn't anymore. <laughs> if it was something about me being remiss for not saying something, <laughs> or nonetheless, it could have been me. It's true. Maybe. Yeah, nonetheless, it was at a supporters bar. <laughs> nonetheless, it was nonetheless, it was still a loss. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's what, unfortunate. Her, we didn't show to up. See her leave. Yes. What is the appropriate channel if not a sports bar to talk about? Oh no. The yeah. The shortcomings I mean, of the players that are playing. Yeah, they're from they're from the Isles. Where they're Irish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Chris is Irish. I don't know if his wife is Irish. I assume she is. But at the same time, they they gotta be thicker skinned about this kind of shit. The amount of banner that goes on in bars over there, pubs over there, yeah. it's gotta be way yeah. heavier than it is here. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. <sighs> so we didn't show up in a big game. One thing's for sure, she doesn't listen to this show. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> she makes a new Twitter account. Yeah, she makes a MySpace. My she, she gets a Zanga account back up. Check and see. If Have, she, has uh, anybody checked her live journal? No. Check and see if you lose a review tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. That's a good point. Or get a new one star. That's a very good Probably point. Probably just be those Orlando fans coming back around, which finally it was October 1st. And you were able to drop the bomb on that guy. I was able to pull back the, the screenshotted tweet from eight months ago where uh, I forget what his handle is, said, I'll see you in, or talk to me in October. And I was able to say, hey, it's October 1st. I'm here to talk. And I, I got to admit, he took it well. <laughs> he took it right on the chin. It was like, I must commend your commitment to the banter. 
<laughs> you set a reminder in your phone for October 1st? No, I didn't even set the reminder. That's how excited I've Ooh. been yeah. since February. It's just been back there. And every couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, it's almost oh, October. <laughs> come on. You, you've got post-it notes around the house, at the office. October 1st. October 1st. <laughs> Next to your Outlook uh, password on your yeah, sticky note on your computer. Wait. could not wait. Uh, Clayton Paw says, how would they have known it was her? Um, that's And then Bill saying they were all wearing McCann jerseys, apparently. Yeah, Well, those are the only ones. <laughs> yikes. So we had a bad day. I still think he's a serviceable guy. I think have. McCann is a yeah. serviceable guy as well. Um, I just don't. I think he's having a, the best way I can describe it is, it, it, is he's having a Gressel slump lately. The, the Gressel slump we saw last year. Oh, last year. Last year. Not this year. This no, year Gressel's yeah. been phenomenal all season this year. I mean, maybe he's had one or two games at the most, but none consistently. But last year, there was a stretch of about five games where Gressel just seemed like he could not put something together. And McCann seems to just be going on that trend lately. So I think he'll bounce back. I think it'll be okay. But this weekend, I think you have to – put yourself in the best position to win. And I don't know that McCann is giving you that right now. It is the Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant situation. And you need to announce your starting left back. And if he gets injured and the other left back transfers, you just have to figure it out. Oh, let's see. Uh, Pierce Hicks name that I haven't seen in a while or called out in a while saying, if he comes back for less money, talking about McCann and in his, his being serviceable, I can agree with that, especially with the potential restrictions. I like, Joe, I like Joe Johnstone's comment. Give McCann Gressel's salary and Gressel McCann's. I agree that. Yeah, for sure. And then until he gets concussed. Yeah, <laughs> Brittany, Brittany asks, saying McCann back to being McCann. Ronald Pena asking if McCann has ever been good besides that game against NYCFC. Ta 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 ta. Did we get any? Did we get any? indication no today because today was the day right that we were supposed to find out if he was going to extend his contract and he even added more speculation to the fire yesterday whenever taylor twelman apparently asked him if he would be if he would consider the u.s men's national team right or was that yesterday yeah that's that's what he said on the show yeah Yeah. and he said he said he would absolutely consider it and and i'm i feel like kylo ren right now (laughs) because i am being torn apart Because, oh, I seeing him manage the U.S. men's national team would be something to behold. Um, club before country. Club before country. Okay, okay, just this once, Andy. Just this once. Um, yeah, no news on it yet. He just says, I mean, it, the last news was a couple days ago. Whenever he said we're we're just focusing on Atlanta United, seems to be indications that maybe last week. The, the odds of him going to, to Mexico have gone up a little bit. but Yeah. I don't know. I just hope we get something soon. We have to, right? I mean, how long? How long? Oh, ooh, I like that idea. Uh, Clayton Poss. Is no, is no news good news? Yeah. You think? Probably so. I would think not. Because if it was good, they would want to announce that as quickly as possible. Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, I, I think because you know everybody wants to know they do, and and I think that the the hard date of October first seems to have uh, become a lot more flexible here recently. I mean, he himself even said, you know, that uh, October first was something that I said, but we're in talks, so it could take longer. 
I just hope it doesn't dr- dr- just completely drag out. We have another Barco Gate on our hands or whatever it was. A hashtag. Oh God, Barco Watch. Barco Watch. That's what it was. <laughs> I think we're gonna have that again. I in, don't. In the I, summer. I think we got enough to worry about, and and I think him figuring that out and just saying something will put the players' minds at ease. How much? Ooh, do you think that anything about all of the speculation about Tata had any bearing on the players' mentality or approach to the game on yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I keep wanting to say on Saturday. On today. <laughs> on today. If you would have asked me on yesterday, I would have told you something <laughs> different. But on, on today. Uh, oh, shit. So um, Stuck t- 2011 actually reminded me, a, a completely separate topic, but by him saying, uh, Coach Armas from the Bronx, Tim and I actually got to go out and see the Bronx Saturday night, which you guys may recognize from the opening track on iTunes. And they actually opened up the show with that song. Um, Tim and I got down in the pit. Did it's the, like old times. Did the boys proud? God, what a hell of a night! But yeah, I got to go see the Bronx and thrice at uh, Buckhead Theater. And for the Bronx to turn that bougie ass neighborhood, <laughs> his words, not mine, and to get those guys out there to just let shit go and to turn that entire theater upside down. The amount of times, was like, fucking incredible. The amount of times he just kept going, hell yeah. <laughs> It was it was fantastic. Yeah. So, do we think that? Yeah. Do we think that the situation the, had any effect on the guys? I don't think so because I think their minds, if anything, they're some of the guys, especially the guys that are maybe wanting to go to Europe, they would be more likely to be distracted by their own pursuits than they would be by the manager's pursuits. Yeah. I mean, one would hope that the key word here is professionals, and that they would. Focus on what they're going to do and what they need to get accomplished and understand fully that, you know, Tata's decision is what it is. They're still going to be here probably next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find a reason, guys. I'm just trying. Trying real hard. I mean, the reason is we just got out tacticaled. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Chris Armas is really taking over that team. So... There is a possibility that we will play the Red Bulls again in the playoffs. And I do not want to have that happen. No, I'm, I'm really holding out that Columbus will take them out of the playoffs for us and uh, just take it off the board. Well, if there's. Or it could be DC. Could. Because that would be, if DC makes it through the first round, that would be the team that they would play, right? Well, let's see. If New York Red Bulls takes the supporter shield, they'll play DC in the first round of the play. Or you mean sorry, win. sorry. You mean win? <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> okay, hypotheticals. Oh, they win. What if we have to? I don't know who. Who would you rather play right now? That's a good discussion topic. Would you rather play DC United, who just thumped Montreal five nothing, or the Red Bulls that just? Thumped us on yesterday. <laughs> NYCFC. It's true. Man, it speaks the gospel. I, mean, I don't, don't want to play two. either of those teams, man. But if you had to choose, uh, homies, live in the trap, who would you rather play if you had to pick between DC United or Red Bulls? Oh, Joe Johnstone read my mind. Who would you want to play? 
I've, I've got to go with DC. I think, and that seems to be where everybody's going. At least we have, we, we've proven we can beat DC. Maybe not last season, but this twice season. Twice this year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, twice. Twice this year. And we did the lose second the time, time, they actually had Rooney, which meant something, I feel like, compared to the first time that we played him. Yeah, but the third time, he was fully integrated into the squad, and we got beat up there. That's true. Well, to, to add into it, I also feel like when this is all said and done, DC is going to make this great run. They're going to get into the playoffs, but by God, they're going to be just exhausted. Well, just I like thought we they would be year. beaten down by now. How the fuck are they just still Me- churning Mex- out <laughs> goals? Mexican supplements. Oh, it's the only Russian trainers. Do they got? We got a. I don't know, man. I I haven't seen Rooney actually turn his head. He has to turn his whole body. I think he's dudes on roids. At least, yeah. At least on TRT before every game. (laughs) Gotta be. (sighs) Yeah, uh, I mean, if you want to take solace in anything, know that New York Red Bulls have won Supporter Shield twice in the past five years, and they still have zero zero cups. So again, for, for me, being an American sports fan first, my eyes are more on the cup. Than they are on Supporter Shield. I want the Shield. I want the Shield. I want the Shield. I, I want the Shield. Do. Give me the Shield. I, I get the playoffs. I get. I get the Cup. I get all of that, and it would be great. Pure dominance over an entire season. It's got to be better. So you want an AP title versus a BCS national championship? <sighs> all right. If I gotta choose, I gotta choose one. I can only have one. Is that the rule? Yeah, high, it's the Highlander rule. Okay. If I if I can only have one, I want MLS Cup. If I can only have one. But right now, I just really want the shield because there's no guarantee what might happen in playoffs. Side note, after this, do because you guys... we control, we can win the fucking shield. Yeah. yeah, we can. Side note, though, speaking of the shield, do you guys want to hang out later and watch Michael Chiklis's The Shield on FX? It's it's on streaming now. We Only can binge if we watch can it. eat yeah. chiclets at the same time. Yes. Mm. just eat them. I don't want to <laughs> chew them. Just eat them, like Tic Tacs. Yeah. Uh. That sugar alcohol is going to get to your gut, though. You well, gassy boy. So I want to watch The Shield and the first Fantastic Four movie at the same time. <laughs> Let's just do a Michael Chiklis and bin- the commissioner. Yes. And so you have to watch the commission, then <laughs> The Shield, and then Fantastic Four, and then Fantastic Four 2, The Shield, and then The commission. You got to watch in yes. serpentine order. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like watch the, the evolution uh, and then Benjamin Button it. <laughs> It's like the uh, fan suggested uh, series of watching the Star Wars films. You've got to like, go back and forth to really get the whole rise and fall of Michael Chiklis in his cinematic career. <laughs> I love that you're calling him Michael Chiklis. <laughs> Speaking of the other bald man, Tony Armas has taking, taken hold of this New York Red Bulls team after we thought that Jesse Marsh's departure was going to be some sort of slide for them. Oh. And he is just instilled some sort of crazy pressing temperament, some sort of galvanizing. He's, now, he's been galvanizing. Yes. Now, now, hold on now. He, he has not done that sort of pressing any other game up until this point. So the question is, did he realize that what he's been trying to put in isn't working? So he had to go back uh, and do what Jesse Marsh was doing? That's a good point. I mean, I think it was the only way they had a chance to beat us. If they played like they had been, we absolutely wouldn't have had the problem. Right, again, to Kevin's point, I mean, there's really two scenarios that you can play out against us. One is obviously the pressing, which is far more effective, and then parking the bus, which, anyway, it's frustrating to watch. But yeah. the, the the pressing surely does get to us. Yeah. And I mean, the kudos to him. Man. Hats off to him, I mean, for, for noticing that, too. Right. That yeah. The pressing and then just the 
hoping that you can get Atlanta United frustrated because if there's one thing that we know will get inside Martinez's head is Martinez. If you can get yes. Martinez frustrated, if you can get the rest of this team, particularly the defense frustrated, I mean, Michael Parkhurst, at one point in time, the ball goes out. He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You can read his lips from the sideline. The players were all noticeably frustrated and irritated. That combined with just lackluster play or coming out flat and the way that Red Bulls were playing, it was just the perfect storm to take him down. Yeah, and, and just to pivot off that, let's talk about Martinez. Was anyone else surprised by the most unexpected substitution that we have seen in the two years of Atlanta United's yeah. existence? Yeah. yeah, it was very shocking. Normally, you don't see a like-for-like like swap with, with Martinez, especially in a competitive game like that. You you normally see him get bolstered with another striker, if anything. I mean, we saw that with Mario Williams. It was a little strange. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was also shocking, too, when I saw the lineup come out that Romario wasn't on there and that Vasquez was. And we've heard nothing about injuries or whatnot, so I, I'm intrigued about the idea that Vasquez is taking over the, the substitute. Do we think that Barco and Vasquez being on the field at the same time had any bearing on the outcome yesterday? Absolutely not. They hugged it out a few weeks ago. <laughs> Damn it. We saw it. I just need something! <laughs> <sighs> not, yeah. not paying close enough do attention, you, Kevin. Do, uh, what I read into the Martinez sub was just the game was kind of over at that point. It was clear from the way that the players were playing that there wasn't really... We didn't see the approach being down with 25, 30 minutes left. Whenever we brought Barco in, we'll say. We didn't see the team approaching their play and possession in the same way we saw them playing two goals down against... San Jose just a week ago. You also got to consider the personnel they're playing against. I know that, but still, it is a mental. It's. I think it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Matt Doyle or Taylor Twelman. Somebody mentioned just every time Atlanta plays the Red Bulls, they just seem to get it. They like psych themselves up or something. It's like they don't even look like the same players playing against the Red Bulls every single time we play them. Every time. Well, it's not just Red Bulls either. I mean, we don't have a great record against the top teams in the league. I mean, if you look at what we we shit the bed against San, uh, Sporting KC. Dallas. Dallas, yes. Um, I mean, if you even want to go to Portland, they're not one of the top teams, but I mean, drew them 1-1. We don't have the best track record against... I mean, the, the good thing the is bigger... this season we've only got a handful of losses to begin with, but yeah. Two, three... Uh... Three of them against top teams. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, we have to learn from that. We have to we have to be able to show up for big games. I mean, we finally did against DC whenever we were talking about getting the monkey off of our back, but we can't do it. We we haven't been able to get the Toronto monkey off of our back. Granted, it's only been Bill Holcomb calls it out too. I mean, the through balls just weren't getting there to make Joseph a viable threat. I don't think we saw a single breakaway. The only breakaways we had were Miggy's and Vasquez's. We didn't have a single moment where Martinez was a viable threat on a breakaway or on a cross from Gressel the entire game. Yeah. And going forward, I think if we, if we run up against them again, we're going to see that because let's just be honest, that back line for New York is, might be the best defense that exists in the league by far. How incredible would it be it's if true. 
Red Bulls versus Orlando decides the shield and Orlando just decides to fuck Atlanta the only way they can. <laughs> just scores three own goals, just walks off the field. <laughs> but then, then is it a rivalry? No, Reddit. Not a rivalry. Not a rivalry. Um, yeah, I mean, Richard Gordon pointing out, he said that's what's worrying him about the playoffs is not beating the top teams. Is The same thing is worrying me. I mean, we struggled against Columbus last year in the playoffs too. It's, right. I don't think it's uh, necessarily a bugaboo that we have to get rid of. Great, We've only been playing in this league for two years. I mean, it's not something that we, we talk about how we haven't beaten Toronto yet. We haven't beaten New, New York yet. Uh, we hadn't, up until this season, beaten D.C. We have these quote-unquote monkeys we on our back. We have but two teams right now that we haven't beaten, Toronto and Red Bulls. Yeah, and I'm not so sure that that's the worst thing in the world considering the small sample size that we've had over the course of two years and how competitive for the most part those games have been. Yeah. Orlando I mean, still hasn't beaten us, uh, so that's something. We yeah. have we I think Atlanta has more teams that haven't beaten them than they have teams that they haven't beaten. Oh absolutely. Which is definitely the right side of the trend to be on. Yeah, and I think that when we get into the playoffs when you're looking at these two legged playoff rounds, I, I think that that works for us much better than a single game does. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, it gives, us it gives us time to not just study the opponent, but to get a game at home and then to be able to go and protect that away. But at the same time, these last three games, you've got two of them at home, and you have to make use of that. And I know, I agree. And I, I, our next game is Philadelphia, is that right? New England. New England, sorry. New yeah, England, so yeah. New England hasn't has only won two games since June. Right. I mean, well, look at NYCFC too. Yeah, I mean they 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 are both <sighs> prime. So I I'm, I mean I'm concerned about all games, of course. But New England, I feel like we are prime. I feel to like get New points. England and Chicago seem like no brainers. Again, I think Toronto's the toss up, and I think the opposite or not really opposite, same thing. Red Bulls have two that seem pretty likely in San Jose and Orlando, and then you got the toss up with Philly. Which yeah. one do I feel better about? I'd like to say Atlanta, of the two. However. Knowing Atlanta's tendency to kind of leave points on the board and not secure games that you need to secure, I don't really know what to think right now. I don't feel as confident as I did going into that Red Bulls game. You win that game, it's all but locked up. And now you've got to fight your way out and hope to maybe get a little bit of help along the way. So, Because you have to almost match point for point what Red Bulls do for the next three games or better. Yeah, for sure. And again, they're a team that's only going to get better whenever they get their better players back. And Elliot Beaven makes a good point. Uh, Chicago just beat LAFC this past weekend. Yeah. It's, they're not a team to completely sleep on. No. Luckily, we got them at home. Team of veterans. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Anything else right now? Brian says that, in, in speaking about the New York Red Bulls game, Brian Diefenbach says, I think if we started over the top instead of playing through them, it would have changed the complexity of the game. To start with, once or to start with, once we saw they were pressing so hard, it's not a bad, not a bad observation for sure. I mean, being able to kind of get them out of their element at that point, playing it over the top, scattering them out a little bit, would be cool to tie the points record against Toronto, like no, they did it against wouldn't. us. It would be great to beat the shit out of them in uh, Toronto's stadium. No, what I'm saying is the points record, we're sitting at 63 points right oh, now. Oh, yeah, you're right. So their record that they set last 70, year by beating us was 69. Oh, 69. Oh, no, wait, we would break it. It would be 72. I, yeah. was, I got my yeah. numbers mixed up. Yeah. No, and, I want to break the, it. Yeah. I think the best of everything, what I would love to see is actually we went out, get full nine points. 
I'd actually like to see the Red Bulls win out and get full nine points so that we both beat them Toronto by, and, and then we beat them by one point. Absolutely. That would be really satisfying. Oh, that would be really great that both Red Bulls and Atlanta surpass Toronto's record made last year, but Atlanta still comes out on top. That would be really fun. Okay, last point about Red Bulls. Not a whole lot to take away from our game that we haven't talked about in terms of our lineup. What were you guys' thoughts on the scuffle at the end of the game or the quote-unquote scuffle between Armas? We're, we're talking about the not a rivalry with, with Orlando. There may be a budding rivalry between these two teams, these top two teams, and it might be the best thing that the league has going for it from a marketing standpoint. At oh, least in my about opinion. The handshake issue talking about Armas and, and Tata. So apparently something happened on the sidelines that I did not see, but somebody had mentioned where I guess Armas had come over and gotten in Tata's face or something like oh, that. No, no, the, the reports were, and they actually showed it on the broadcast, that Armas was I turning around it. trying to get the fans riled up, you know, waving his arms up in the air and so forth. But apparently while he was doing that, he also decided to turn and stare at our technical area while he was waving the fans up. And uh, Tata apparently did not take kindly to that. And what I've read from actual journalists, not just random people on Twitter, was that Tata Ooh, walked shots over. fired. <laughs> Tata walked over there, had a word with him. He had his hand out waiting for the shake. Tata pat him on the shoulder and then shook everyone else's hand as he walked away. No, I saw, we saw that on the broadcast. Yes, which was great, by the way. Saw I love, that on the broadcast, that. and he blatantly disregarded the handshake. Yeah, and I, the broadcast. Waved it off. The broadcast didn't show what was re, what I've read as the reports was that Tata said a few things to oh, him beforehand, and while he was talking to him, he sat there with his hand out, waiting for the handshake, and Tata just patted him and moved on. Interesting. I and think, I love it. I love it. Uh, Absolutely love it. I think, what was the other report that Armis was yelling at Miggy at the end of the game? Yeah, or Miggy was that, yelling at yeah. Armis, or they were, they were going at it. And No, I love it, too. I think, again, I think it's the best team or best thing that can happen in terms of a marketing standpoint to have the two top teams in the league be at each other's throats. Yeah. It's only going to get even better if, if both teams make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Not these two teams. Can we yeah. play Orlando in the final? Yeah, no, that would no, be no, great. That would mean they have to get into the playoffs, which they've never done. They do have a game in hand. <laughs> let's check, let's check the table. Uh, nope, nope, they are stuck in last. Oh. No way to not be last. Damn. There's always next year. Talk to me next October. So, <laughs> again, going back to the way the playoffs are are shaping up, you have Atlanta in first right now by one point over New York Red Bulls. And we you did have, get a, we did get the announcement that our tickets were secured for the first home playoff that we get, which is November 11th yeah. for Atlanta United. Yeah, and by secured you mean your credit card has been charged if you're a season ticket holder. That is very the sly one. of them. It was like, they hey, did. don't do anything, and yeah. you'll be guaranteed a spot, yeah. and we'll charge your credit card. Yep. You said it was November 11th. November 11th. Fuck yes. 11-11. Ooh, 11-11. That's a lucky day. I'm not going to be under the under the knife yet. It'll Ooh. be a few days before I go under the knife. I'm going to put some drinks in you. Oh, yeah. Get you liquored up. Uh, New York City FC has a game, or everybody has a game in hand over them. They have 32 the most played. Uh, Columbus, it looks like top four are kind of staying pat, maybe. I, I don't know. Columbus I guess could Columbus potentially can flip-flop. No, well, I think I, Columbus can still jump NYC, right? Oh, absolutely. I Actually, NYC might end up fifth before I, this is all I think up. that of the surprising matchups that could take place is, I think D.C. appears to be heading towards a playoff spot. And I think Columbus could jump NYC FC. So, so, so you're thinking Columbus versus D.C. in the first round, and then you have Philly playing against NYCFC in the first round. Yep. 
that, that Philly would make that game so ugly for NYCFC because I feel like they have size. They're technically okay. They're not great at finishing, but at the same time, I think that they could frustrate that NYCFC team. The only problem is playing on that sh- small field, crazy ass. But NYCFC, the- I think, is going to be the one team out of even the top three or four that is going to be on a trend that I don't think is sustainable to make any sort of a playoff run. Yeah, we talked about Jesse Marsh leaving and New York Red Bulls being fine. You see Patrick Patrick Vieira leaving, and NYCFC has taken a precipitous drop this season since his departure. Yeah, I don't think things have gone that great over in Nice for him either. No, not not at all. And looking at this, uh, amazingly enough, NYCFC in Philadelphia, last game of the season, so they could play one and then turn around and do it again. Holy shit! Could uh, could Philly maybe to to your point? Could Philly be the third place team by them knocking off both Red Bull? Could they get enough points to jump both Columbus and NYC to go to third? Philly has a pretty uh, uh, New York Red Bulls aside. I think they have a pretty favorable schedule, at least the way that they've been playing. Um, They have Minnesota at uh, I can't remember the name of their stadium off the off the top of my head. But in Philly, they play against Minnesota. Then they go, uh, or they stay at home. Uh, two weeks later, they play New York Red Bulls, which could be, again, they drew early on in the season 0-0. And they get a week rest, which is nice. They go over to Yankee Stadium, though, and then they go and play New York City. Again, probably a favorable matchup. I mean, So what do those uh, nine points get them? Nine points gets them into third, most likely. So could so, be Philly jumping all the way up there. It really sounds like we're Philly fans for the next three games. we got to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a fun, ugly game we had against Philly. That was uh, that was interesting. So uh, I, I still see it shaking up kind of as it stands. I see D.C. jumping uh, Montreal because, I mean, they're two points back with two games in hand. I mean, they just have to draw two. I think D.C. No, I guess they'd have to win. At least one. I think I'm ready to say that I think DC is going to be a playoff team. Great. Now they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Then I'm still kind of right. They are a scary team, though. Of of those six teams in the playoffs, the other five, obviously, outside of Atlanta United, the two that I wouldn't want to play would be DC and Red Bulls, for obvious reasons. I don't know which one I would rather take to that question earlier. Probably DC. DC. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Um, Andy pointed out earlier that since, I think it's July 1st, the Revolution have had... That's a good fucking segue, Tim. You knew exactly where I wanted to go next. <laughs> they, they have two wins since July 1st. Once against DC on July 1st, and then a couple weeks ago, they beat New York uh, City FC. Aside from that, they've really shit the bed. I mean, there was a, this was a team halfway through the season where we were thinking they were going to be a, at least a steady team, make it into that top six. They were constantly a playoff team. I think even jumped up to maybe fourth at one point. Brad Friedel seemed to have the reins. Um, and, you know, they traded away Lee Wynn, their best player, arguably. They they're still they were getting production from Teal Bunbury, and they were getting production from Fagundes. And then all of a sudden, the bottom kind of just fell out for this team. It's kind of, uh, we'll start calling this, what, Houston Houston Syndrome? Where the second half of the season is just terrible? I mean, they're, Orlando. They're, they're playing with Houston Syndrome, but they have not committed quite as much as Houston did last year with just, just, just falling off the edge. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with Orlando. I mean, Orlando had a what, a nine-game win streak? Six? 
six game win streak. I mean, they don't were, give them too much. They credit. were up to second in the in the conference, and, <sighs> and then they played us exactly. But yes, New, uh, New England's probably still a year or two off with with Brad Friedel coming in, being in that system. Granted, they still have a chance at the playoffs. It's an outside chance. They're sitting what five points back with a game in hand over over Montreal. So the way that I mean, they could shake out. Um, considering we're going to beat them this Saturday, they do have Orlando left. They have Real Salt Lake, and then they have Montreal the last game of the season. So that could they could potentially still make the playoffs. Who? New Houston? England. Oh, New England. Yeah. Where's your head at, boy? You're talking about all these. You leave sy- it at the barber. All these syndromes and teams and this season, last season, who's rising, who's falling, buying and selling, who's next, Wheel- wheeling and dealing. Let's make a deal, no deal. I don't know. You know, looking at this, I, I just absolutely stumbled upon something here that's interesting. New England has had three red cards during the second half of the season. So we're we're talking 13, 14 games, and they've pulled up three red cards. All you know, but we all remember the last time Atlanta had to beat a New England team. Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> Wait, we went up there and beat them, didn't we? No. What was what was the final? Matt Doyle's tweet yesterday, though. I don't think I saw that. We drew At- one. Atlanta. Atla- That's right. Atlanta is watching. A they 20- got that late goal. Atlanta's watching a twenty-eight to three supporter shield lead slowly slip away. <laughs> Oh yes, Bill. Bill with the the appropriate comment. It's not complex. I just keep making it's, Matt Doyle references because I know how much Andy is a big fan of his. It's not a complex. It's Love not me a sim- some Matt Doyle. It's not a syndrome. It's not a complex. It's a simplex. It is a simplex. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback to last week when Kevin. Damn, Bill, you are the real MVP. Got to get you on here. Got herpes man. on the mind. Damn, dude, just <laughs> killing it. I think that's good enough to close the show out. No, so. You guys' thoughts moving forward for Saturday? I think we're, we're going to come in there hungry. We talked earlier. Lineups. Seven nothing. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Throw a touchdown up on them again yeah. with an extra point, not just a touchdown. Yeah. What do you, lineup? Do you see McCann being swapped out? We talked earlier. Three back, McCann out for Escobar. And then Bellow over on the left. No. 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 Everything else stays the exact same. Who's on the left? Who's playing left wing back for you? Um, I'll help him out. The answer is McCann. You no. think? You think so? I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's either McCann or Bello. That's the only legitimate left wing back we have. Let me get. And I don't, I don't think Tata is going to uh, going to go with Bello when it's you know three games, nine points have to happen. But he did it against a playoff team in Real Salt Lake last week. You know, I mean, it's he took a chance on the. Oh kid. wait, actually, no. Come, didn't McCann get a card? For the game last yeah McCann oh, is yeah, out. You're oh right. yeah he's out. out I am right so Bello or Escobar no I mean if it's Escobar you're gonna have to slide no yeah it's I think it's gotta be Bello because if it's Escobar I want to go with a three I think we're gonna go four in the back now that I think pen? about it do you have a pen with you three paper four two one you know what I've been seeing lately. Three, four, two, one. That's what I'm doing. I've seen some teams employing the phallic formation that we talked about last uh, year. Ah, yeah. I want to say some teams in Germany, maybe I saw. Maybe it was Leipzig. It was a four, two, two, two. And I thought that was that was pretty incredible that they listened to this show and they went with the uh, the old phallic formation. What are you what are you drawing up over there? What I was saying. Go ahead, y'all. Keep yeah. So while he's thinking, while he's 
putting this all down, I, I come to think of it, yeah, McCann's out. So I actually think we're probably going to go to four in the back at this point. With um, Bella? Yeah, I think it's got to be Bello, and it's got to be Escobar. Push Gressel up on the right wing, and uh, or yeah, push Gressel up on the white wing and go back to that standard four-two-three-one formation. I'm good with that. I'm good with that more so than what we what we put out there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's I either, mean, it's either the five, it's whatever the three, whatever the five, five-three-two for me, or or five-two-one-one, whatever we play, and. Yeah, I mean, I'd love yeah. to see a three-five-two with Bello on the left. I just, I don't think Tata's going to pull that trigger. I think at this point, up to you know, last game or before the debacle yesterday, you know, playing Bello was we had some room for to lose a game. I mean, we just did. We don't anymore. Now it's got to be nine points, and All I'm right. just not sure he's going to put Bello out there. Here's what I'm thinking. All right, the mad, the madmatician is three back. LGP Parkhurst Escobar. Your midfield, you also kind of run Larry as stopper so he can drop back so LGP could shift over to the left. I'm not running LGP like a left wing back. Yeah, but he'll do that on his own. He'll he'll cover because what we're going to do is we're going to put Tito over on the left. Tito on left, Miggy center, Gressel on right, Rometty and Nagby in the midfield, and then Martinez up top. Three, one, two, three? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Three, one, two, three, one. That's interesting. I think that leaves us a little too exposed on the wings. Screw defense, all offense. Yeah. I, I don't think so because of the way that Lorenowitz plays. He drops back on defense so much, and LGP is perfectly capable of shifting over to cover. Right, because, I mean, who do you sit in that case for Bellow? I don't know. I mean, do you, do you go with personnel over formation? Over preferred formation? I would. Yeah. Right now, whenever you've got your – you've got to make a run in a critical juncture in the season. And I'm not, say, I'm not saying anything against Bellow. I think he's a, a great, great talent and a great player to have in our lineup. But right now, with those players that we have healthy, I don't know why he needs to come in and replace, and replace the other players that we have available. I mean, if Tata's willing to run a – Four three three or five two three, whatever the fuck he did a couple weeks ago. I don't see why that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, no, I just I, drew up. Uh, I disagree. I think we're gonna go with three five two, and I think it's gonna be a the the same back that you have. I think you sit Larry, you play um, Gressel back in the right wing back that he's kind of flourished in. Play Bello over on the left. You have Remedy and Nagby playing their their dynamic duo in the mid, and then you release Tito, Miggy, and and Martinez up up front. Yeah, as much as I, I'm concerned about Tata throwing out Bello and just from his history with this important game coming up, he's also the type of person that is stubborn, and he has always said, we're we're not going to sit back. We're not going to yeah. bunker. We're going to go. Yeah. So Bello is our best option, and from what I can tell, if we're going to go, I mean, he's going to get up. I, he's drew, I saw what you drew. I okay. see it. Yeah, he drew a Mouths of the South logo. You guys can <laughs> see that. Bum, bum, bum. Um. Shit, I lost my train of thought. Is that the right way to use that phrase? Is it train of thought or is it trained of thought or something no, it's weird? Drops that of Jupiter. Like that? Okay. It's, yeah, it's an, it's after that that drops a Jupiter song. I know that's right. What was it? Oh, uh, I remember what it was. I think it was Bill uh, on Twitter. How many other teams at the 
week 32 are still debating what their lineup's going to be, what their starting 11's going to be. You mean teams that are about ready to clinch? Yeah. None. Exactly. I mean, just none. I mean, is that a bad thing? I mean, we, we've said it's an embarrassment of riches and first world problems and stuff all along, but we've seen where we've had to kind of come up with something that's not a consistent lineup. I made the point a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we've had – I think you'd be hard-pressed to find three weeks where we've either run the same personnel or the same formation for more than three weeks consecutively throughout the entire season, which is saying something. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And I think that going forward, this is a good thing in the fact that we're flexible, but it is it has absolutely affected our defensive back line. And, you know, going in the playoffs, I, I can't tell you if that's a good or a bad thing. I just can't. Yeah. Thoughts on New England? Um, we kind of danced around the issue. 2 nothing, Atlanta. Just go through their recent run of form real quick. They just lost 4-1 to a very much maligned Toronto FC squad. Uh, 2-2 against Chicago in the previous game. 1-1 against LAFC. They beat New York City before that. And then they had another draw to Portland. A loss to Philly. A loss to D.C. So... Again, not in the greatest run of form. Granted, they've only had one loss in their past five games, if you want to put it that way, put a positive spin on it. They have three draws and a win. But at the same time, whenever they've come up against bigger opponents... What's their road record been? Road record is... Let's see. That's a loss. That's a draw. That's a win. It's pretty bad. It's not great. I like that. Yeah, there's um, a good bit of... Elliot B. even saying Atlanta tie, 1-1. Come on, guys. 3-1. NGSU. I, I just see us giving up a goal. We're at home. We've got a new back line. Maybe the second time they've ever played together, you know, but we should be able to take this game and overpower them. I'm not sure it should also, we have not lost... Never mind, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Moving on. I really hope we do. I'm saying 3 no. I think we get a clean sheet against New England, get the train back on the tracks. Even though, you know, one game in four is not bad, considering the stretch that we've been on. Yeah. Again, we are we are still if I don't think we end up breaking the road points record this year, but we're at least in the top couple of teams in MLS history too bring the amount of points on the road that Atlanta United has. No, I, I, I think we broke it already. Did yeah, we? the road record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last game. road points, yeah. yeah. Last road game. Oh, wow. Well, before this. I didn't think we broke yesterday. it. Yeah, we, I didn't think we, we take it. it it's ours. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, to your point, Tim, you're absolutely right. I, I don't think that's indicative of anything more than just a tough loss on the road. We're still a really, really good road team. Um, so, uh, Brittany S., 2-1 Atlanta. Bina Patel, 2-1 Atlanta. Ronald Pena, uh, 1-0 Atlanta. Michelle, 3-1 Atlanta. Bill Holcomb, 2-0 uh, New England. Richard Gordon, 3-1 Atlanta. Damn, Bill, you just hard on this team now. You, know, you didn't even say it was Atlanta. I'm just assuming you're pulling for New England now. Just pick a spot, man. Pick a spot. If we, If you guys get them this week... If somehow they get fulfilled before the game, want to see pictures of you guys in your Unite shirts, wear them to the game on Sunday. 
Yeah, there's still or time. Saturday. I keep saying Sunday on Saturday. Still time to get yours. Um, we'll keep those up, and we've got some other fun stuff planned to maybe round out the end of the season to get excited for playoffs with some other fun stuff lined up. But yeah, get your United shirts while you still can. I'm jealous, but not really. You guys are going to be at the game on Saturday. I am not. Oh yeah, that's right. You're traveling. I'm gonna. Be, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do to record next week. Yeah, I'll be in Tenerife, kind of sitting up, not drinking a beer, but drinking some sort of virgin cocktail. And that sounds gross. Climbing a volcano. That sounds fun. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, it'll be great. But I'll be. Uh, yes, I will be out. Kevin, you'll somehow man the fort next Monday. Uh, yeah, I gotta figure this thing out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It depends. Dan will probably leave me hanging. I, you can never depend on that guy. It's just going to be you by yourself just me. right here. I'm just going to go full Blair Witch, black and white. I'm going to go buy a VHS camera. Ooh. I'm only going to release it like a Free Art Friday drop in Atlanta, but it's just going to be the episode is just going to go out just on VHS and cassette tapes, and I'm just going to hide it around the city, and only a few people get to listen to it. I like it. Yeah. It's going like to be great. It. Yeah. <laughs> you going to the game on Saturday, Andy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't miss games. Not miss one yet. No. Well, not miss the home. Haven't missed a home Kevin yet. No, Brown yeah. That, hasn't missed that one little yet. bastard. He's missed. He's missed one or two, right? Because yeah, of last exactly. year he was exactly. he was overseas too. But oh uh, no, he missed a game because he was overseas. Yeah. <laughs> same oh. same reason. I'm I'm gonna be gone. So. Okay. Anything else? Uh, yes. Leave us reviews and our ratings on iTunes. We've been pretty stagnant. We had a great haiku. Let me, hey, how about that? Let's set the new tone. We want to see your best haiku reviews on iTunes. So be sure to get your haiku re- reviews of Home Before Dark on iTunes. Leave us however many stars and hear them read aloud on the show. I want to add in, even though I'm not technically part of the group here, we will also accept limericks. On the oh yeah, especially reviews. the dirty kind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have a filter here. We have no sponsors to to maintain. But no. oh, do you want to? We'll plug black tie soccer. Oh, oh my God! I'm so glad you said that because I was DMing with Jessica earlier and I meant to do that. So to get more information uh, before what I'm about to say, you can reach out to Jessica on uh, Twitter. She's with Soccer in the Streets. Um, Jessica ATLUTD on Twitter. It is this the event is taking place this Sunday, October 7th from 1 to 4 p.m. Anyone's welcome to attend or donate online at soccerstreets.org and just reach out to Jessica or Austin Long or anybody in the Atlanta United community because everybody and anybody will be tweeting something about it, I'm sure, over the next couple of days. But yeah, the black tie, um, Black tie soccer. Soccer event is this Sunday. Yeah. Should be a good time. Hashtag I'm really, mostly I'm for really them kids. I'm really glad you reminded me because I had it pulled up to talk about and I completely blanked on it. Always keeping me straight. Appreciate that. Andy, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Been a long time coming. Absolutely. And this is wonderful. No, it's a little sweaty. It is hot. It's okay. New studio will be not sweaty. Parallel's been good, though. Yeah. Been yeah. Very and good. you are in the line of fire, my friend. I am well aware. Yeah. yeah. You, you lucked out. Yeah, he, he really clung to Andy immediately whenever he came in. I know. Yeah. I'm chopped liver in here. Yeah. Uncle Kennan's here. <laughs> Andy's here. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so ratings and reviews on iTunes. Be sure to show us love. You can find all of us on Twitter. Tim, where can they find you? You can find me at Tim Herb. Andy, what about yourself? At Andy Watkins 80. You can find Dan at D N J M S N E V E R. 
H E R E. And you can find me as well at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one T E C T collectively at home before dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. I'm also doing Inktober this year, which I'm really excited about. You, you post know, yours yet today? I did post my first entry today uh, on Instagram. Uh, same handle on Instagram. Some of you guys know how I got an architecture, uh, the graphics for the show and stuff. Grew up sketching and doodling. Don't really have as much time to do it as much as I'd like to anymore. Inktober is a perfect excuse to do that. 31 days, 31 prompts and or topics to do ink sketches to. So I posted my first one today. Follow along with that on Instagram if you would like to. That's all I got, man. Check out Millsess Friends oh, on Rail, part of the Home Before Dark Network. Man, you, you, fuck Dan. Where we don't even need that dude no more. He don't ever plug nothing. Athens is a lot closer to Lilburn than every it is time, to Smyrna. Every time, really, yeah. Every <laughs> time true. Dan plugs something, we find out he's got another kid on the way. <laughs> Just making sure they're not going to ship him out. Uh, <laughs> Irish triplets are a thing. I fucks with Dan James. Yeah. Just kidding. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Yelling for Dan. <laughs> <laughs>